Welcome everybody to the Starting Rotation Podcast. This is a podcast based in Edmonton, based around the Edmonton Stingers that play in the CEBL. My name is Mark Majot. I do play-by-play for the CEBL. And I'm pleased to be joined by Jason Hills, who is the Head of Communications and Marketing for the Stingers. Jason, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. We're joined by Kira Lyons, who is a former <laughs> youth sports athlete and in-game host for the Edmonton Stingers. Kira. I'm keeping busy. I'm doing well. And last but surely not least, the man with a thousand hats, Avery Lewis McDougall. This is quite bizarre times, isn't it? It certainly is, Mark. But you know what? I'm getting jacked. I'm getting some muscles. So you know what? It's not all bad getting pumped for four times. <laughs> that is a lie. And I don't appreciate you starting this podcast off lying. We're not even a minute in and you're already blatantly lying to all of us. But we're, we're grateful... Uh, that everyone can join us. I'm sure you can tell by the dip in audio quality. We're not in the same room, obviously. We're uh, quarantining all safe in our residencies, but this is something I'm sure we've all had to get used to. We we wanted to chat because obviously there's big changes in the sports world. We haven't had live sports in over a month at the time that we're taping this. The CEBL, they announced this week that they basically... You can't start the season on time. Now, Jason, working for the team, how have you been navigating the last three or four weeks? Like You knew this was probably coming, but now that the release has actually come, are you starting to look at when things come back, what are they going to look like? I think all of us kind of expected this was going to be happening. I mean, we were optimistic that we could start on time, but with the way things were going and, and moving, we felt that you know it was going to start going this way, and, and it just came down to a point where you know all of us as a group, each team, every, everyone from the league office, we all just hunkered down and, and we're all working together and trying to prepare for for when you know we're able to tip off, and that's kind of been the mindset of just focusing on. You know, knowing what's going on in this world, but also trying to focus on when we're, we don't know when that tip off is going to happen, but we got to be prepared and ready when that, that time comes. So it's been a, an adjustment because I mean, we're all working from home and you know, there's, there's lots of conference calls and emails and, and that sort of thing. And it's just, you know, an adjustment and a change, but you know, we're prepared for whatever comes our way when that time comes that we're able to, to get on the floor and, and, and play some basketball. But it's, you know, we're, we're all kind of venturing into a bit of an unknown, but we got to put our best foot forward and embrace it as the best way we can. Kira, as an athlete, I imagine your anxiety would be cranked up to about a million right now. You don't know when you're going to play next. You don't know how you're going to, I know there's home workouts and stuff, but not everyone's fortunate, fortunate to have a gym uh, in their own house. As an athlete, how difficult would this be to, to go through right now it's difficult for everybody and and i think as as in a general sense athletes are pretty adaptable obviously the anxieties of not knowing when your season's going to start up again and and just the disappointment for so many of them that you know didn't get to finish out their regular season their playoffs some of them in their senior years um, those are the ones that i i feel for the most um, because you know it's such a terrible thing to have to have to miss out on on something on something like this so I feel bad for them for the most part though I think it also presents athletes with an incredible opportunity as well because off season is when you work on your skills that's when you actually see the most improvement because you are putting in training days all summer long to work on things that you know you might have seen as a weakness in your game in the season before this is just you know this could be just a very extended off season and if athletes are able to stay focused and motivated it would be such an amazing time to become 
incredibly skilled and work on the things that you need to work on because all you have is time now. You know, you're not exhausted from the crazy schedule that you have in the regular season and getting beat up all the time. You have all this energy now, this anxiety to burn off. And what a better way to do that than to work on your skills? Oh, for sure. Every, everyone has time right now. And you have to, to, to make sure you're utilizing that time properly is uh, going to be key. And that, that's not just for athletes, that's for everyone. Uh, and then lastly, on this topic, Avery, you cover mm-hmm. a bunch of sports. And we, we started to see a change about five, six weeks ago in certain major leagues and how uh, media was able to you know, uh, talk to athletes and everything. Uh, when yes. things do get back to normal, whenever and whatever that means, uh, for you as someone who covers a bunch of different leagues, you're, you're going to have to change the way you do things, aren't you? Of course. And, you know, I think you're going to see now, you're going to see teams, leagues are going to limit how much media comes into a game because I guess like old days, they might say we can't control, say, 23 reporters. You might only see three or four being allowed in for the time being. And you might also see some leagues will say, hey, if you want to cover a game of basketball or hockey or football, whatever, they might say, you got to quarantine yourself as well for 14 days in a hotel we tell you to be at. So that's going to change, I think, for quite some time, for coming months and up to a year possibly. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like we, no one really knows at the time that that we're that we are recording this. Uh, we still don't really know that many answers to 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 these questions. It's unfortunate, though, for for the stingers. I'm going to speak selfishly here. Is I feel like so much work was done in 2019, and so much momentum was built up to this, and uh, now you just can't play, and it's of no fault of, of your own. Jason, have you had a chance to speak with uh, any uh, of the players, and how, how are they getting through this? It's uh, like like Kira mentioned. You're so ingrained in the sport of basketball and it's your life. I mean, these guys have been playing the game for, you know, as long as they can remember. And uh, it's, it's so different because they're just, they're so used to those routines and, you know, every guy I talked to, um, you know, I spoke with Xavier Moon earlier this week and I spoke with uh, Adika Peter McNeely and, you know, they're just chomping at the bit. They want to, to get, um, you know, back on the court and they understand obviously that, that there's bigger things going on in this world right now that need to be the focus, but you can just tell that they, they really want to get back out there. But I think they're also taking a step back too. And I think not only them, but I think just everyone who's going through this experience, I hope that they take something away from it and, and learn from it. It's definitely, you know, uncertain times and I hope everyone comes out of it uh, with a different mindset, I think a little bit too. So, but I, I can tell that each one of these guys that when, when we do get back out on the court, you're going to see some really motivated and, and um, guy, uh, you know, group of guys that are really excited and, and passionate to get back into playing basketball. So again, the CEBL season will not start on time. If you'd like to read the full statement from the commissioner, visit thestingers.ca. It's right up there on the homepage. I'll tell you what, we'll take a quick time out. The Stingers, even though the season's not going to start on time, they're still busy. There's a sports draft. There's some player signings to announce. So we'll get to all that. Plus, Jermaine Small, not just no longer just the head coach of the Edmonton Stingers, will tell you where he's, he's sticking around, but we'll tell you where his new job will be as well. The CEBL online store has all of your favorite team's merch. Rep your favorite team with official fan gear from New Era at cebl.ca slash shop. Shop online for New Era jerseys, hats, shirts, scarves, and more. Visit cebl.ca slash shop today. 
was a wonderful timeout, everyone. Thanks for sticking around on the Starting Rotation podcast. Uh, even though the CEBL season has been delayed, the Stingers have been very busy. The eSports draft took place on March 26th. And Jason, coming off the momentum of last season, I know every team will say they like their draft class after they have a draft. Every single general manager and head coach will tell you that. But I'm going to ask you, do you think the Stingers are happy with their draft class? Oh, in speaking with uh, our head coach and GM, Jermaine Small, um, you know, these were guys that he had targeted right from the get-go. You know, it wasn't a case, like, if you look at most of the teams throughout uh, the league, they, they pretty well stayed close to home. And But in, in our case, we, we, we branched out and we signed, you know, we drafted two guys from Dalhousie University. Sasha Kapos from Dalhousie, he's a fifth-year graduating player. And then Xavier Ochu, he's a guard who just finished his third year with Dalhousie. And then we drafted Prince Kamunga, who plays for York. And all three guys bring all different types of elements to the roster. You've got Sasha Kapos, who is, you know, tall and lanky. He's kind of a unicorn style type player. You know, he can stretch the floor, he can shoot the three, he can defend the rim, he can block shots, and he can really run the floor quite well. Xavier Ochu was the AUS uh, Defensive Player of the Year. He's a lockdown perimeter guy who competes and hustles at both ends of the floor, and, you know, he can also contribute on the offensive end of things. And Prince Kamanga is a guy that Jermaine's very familiar with. He is very athletic. I believe he's got like a 41 or 42-inch vertical. You know, you look at York's team, you know, they, they were a team that struggled this year, but, but Prince was the guy that, that, you know, led that team on and off the court, but up very good numbers. Jermaine feels that he could be a, a real hidden gem, a guy that maybe doesn't get a ton of looks otherwise, but you, you look at what he's able to do. And I think coming to our team and getting that experience, it's, he's going to be able to grow from it and bring that back to York when he heads back next season. So as, as a whole, I think all three guys are going to come in and, and be able to play some, some meaningful minutes. Um, I think that was the biggest key going into the draft this year was and not just from the Stinger standpoint, but overall, they really wanted to get guys that aren't just coming here to develop and sit on the bench and learn, but guys that can come in and develop, but also play and play meaningful minutes because, you know, that's that's what you want to be able to do with the, with this partnership between the CBL and eSports is, you know, you want to be able to have these guys you know, come into our league and, and learn and develop and, and become players down the road in the future that, that will be part of it. So, yeah, overall, I mean, I think we, we couldn't be more happy with, with uh, all three selections that we, that we made. Kira, you had a chance to watch some game film of, of these players. And out of all of the names that Jason just said, were there a couple that really stood out to you? All three of them were impressive, obviously. And, you know, I, watching highlight reels, it, it's the highlights, right? But it's not quite the same you know, if I was able to watch in person, but I, I think I got a pretty good feel for, for what they're bringing and no disrespect to Prince and Xavier, but watching Capos' highlight reel, like was fun. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's, I think 6'10", I think he said, Jason. Yeah. And all of those things, like he's got, he's a great three-point shooter. It's, he's got a slingshot kind of uh, look to it, but it's really effective. It's got a nice smooth jumper. Um, he's a, incredible pick setter and like maybe not necessarily in the in the pick itself but in the way that he reads the defense uh his iq is ridiculously high he makes reads on the defense 
the entire game. And, and the passes that he makes, his vision is great. He was just really fun to watch. Uh, he, good defensive position. He, I don't know how many blocks he had in a few of the games that I watched, but great defender and surprisingly quick as well. Like he's not only quick in the key, and he's got great moves around the rim, but he's also really quick on the outside too. Like his first step is pretty explosive and deliberate. He's, yeah, he's fantastic draft pick in my opinion. And, and the other two incredible pieces to add as well. But I, I got to say that Capo stood out quite a bit to me. And then Avery, I'll, I'll, I will ask you the same question of all the names that uh, Jason rattled off there. Was there any player that stood out more to you? I gotta agree too. Watching watching Capo's highlight, really watching this guy, the first step being explosive, watching him get to the rim, that impressed me so much. When he just gets to the rim, explode. He's six ten. I know Jermaine wanted size on this team. I got like that six ten and get to the rim easily at will. That'll be a big thing going into the season here, guys. I also think he got to take into account the step up now, though. He's he's quick and he's got great moves, but he's also quite light. So I worry about him actually being able to get to the rim like he does in the C- or the U sport level, sorry, because he's going to get muscled a bit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's, it's, a, it's a new level he's playing with men now. It's, it's that next step. And that's, that's the only thing that I kind of saw that I was a little bit concerned about was just, you know, he's a lean guy. And he's, you know, he's young as well. So he has lots of time to, to put on a little bit of muscle, on a, a little bit of weight, a little bit of muscle. But I think that that might hinder him getting to the rim a little bit. But you know, he has so many different weapons and tools that, you know, I think he'll be able to dip into his bag a little bit. And after he has a little bit more experience, like he's going to be deadly. Yeah. And, and you talk about that. His, his nickname is actually Slim. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it fits that mold very, very good. But, you know, I think, yeah, Kira, I think you're right in the sense that, you know, um, it will be a step up. But I think, you know, the biggest key that, that Jermaine wanted was, to get all three guys that can bring different assets to the table and, and, you know, we're going to come in and be able to play some quality minutes and, you know, you can lean on the guys, you know, in certain situations and, and they're not just going to be stapled to the bench and, and watching and observing them, you know? Well, and, 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 and I think someone like Brody, you know, you can muscle him in practice and, and show him what's coming, you know, like Brody's big, strong guy. He'll, he'll be a good welcomer to the league, I think, to have on your team. Yeah, and, and those two actually played together uh, in the FISU uh, games last year in, in, in Italy. So, yeah, they have some chemistry. They know each other on and off the court. I think all these young guys are going to come in hungry and, and, and wanting to learn. And, you know, and, and just in speaking with all three of them in the little bits that I have, they're, they're eager and ready and, and really want to be a part of, of this team and, and this league. So that's, that's you know, nice to see because – you know, guys know that they're going to get an opportunity, but they really want to make the most of it. So, And a side note to 11 on Dalhousie. I mean, I think we should start signing him because the dimes he was throwing Capos in those highlight videos. <laughs> I loved watching it. Some of the passes that guy, I don't even know his name, but I enjoyed watching some of the passes he made for sure. <laughs> and, and that's another thing with um, – with Jermaine is he, you know, took two guys from Dalhousie and they were a dominant team this year. They've been a dominant team in the AUS for, for several years now. And I mean, they got all the way to the, the national championship final and they really pushed Carlton. I mean, they were in control of that game for, for a good chunk of it. And I mean, obviously Carlton came out in the end with a, with a strong stretch in that fourth quarter, but you really can't discredit with the type of season that Dalhousie had and, you know, Capos and, and Ochu. And I mean, that, that team was, was dominant and really deep. And they were a team that hustles and they play that blue collar type style. So 
Um, that really fits into Jermaine's style of he wants to be the best defensive team and he wants you to work hard and at both ends of the floor and hustle. And, you know, so those guys are, are definitely going to bring it. And Jason, the Stingers were also able to add players through some signings. We've come to terms with, most recently, with um, Zach Overwater, who played for our team last year. And he, you know, was a guy that came uh, out of the University of Lethbridge, had a really strong career out of there. And it was a, a big jump up for him. Um, he took that year as, as a learning experience, worked hard in practice, didn't get a lot of playing time that you know, in his first season, but had a real positive attitude and got the opportunity to play in Spain this year. You know, really started to get his confidence at both ends of the floor. And Jermaine, you know, feels that he's going to come in and play a bigger role this year. And, you know, anyone, I mean, I know, Mark, you've watched Zach, yeah. you know, in your time as a play-by-play guy for the U of A Golden Bears. And, I mean, Zach was a guy in Lethbridge that, you know, could single-handedly take over a game. And we all know what he's capable of, and it's just a matter of him putting it together at the next level. So, you know, and, and he's just, he's an ultimate team guy. Like, he's he's one of those guys that whether he plays 30 minutes or three minutes, you know, he just wants to be part of the team and, and, and contribute any way he can. And you want guys like that. He's a, he's a glue type of guy that, that everyone loves to have around. And, you know, I think you know, with his experience playing in, in Spain and getting a full year of uh, pro basketball under his belt, um, he's going to come back with that confidence that, you know, he'll be able to have a bigger role. Kira, you've had a chance to, to watch Overwater play. And again, as Jason mentioned, didn't get a ton of playing time last year, but being able to drop a player like that into an already um, very stacked Stingers team, this team just continues to add pieces to their arsenal. Just like Jason said, those glue guys are are really important and I think I think they're a lot more important than people understand as well because the roles you know if someone being able to play 30 minutes or three minutes that's that's a rare type of athlete to be able to do that because everybody wants to be you know out there getting big minutes big buckets and when it's an inconsistency like that it's even harder for an athlete to fill in their role so when you have somebody that is just the ultimate team guy is willing to do whatever the team needs to succeed. They are rare pieces. And when you have someone who has the potential that Zach Overwater does um, and you find those two pieces and fit them together, that's when you have incredible leaders. And those are the types of leaders that take teams to championships as well. And so, and, and I'm not, <laughs> not putting all that pressure on Zach Overwater that you got to <laughs> become this incredible leader or, or that he will or whatever. I'm just saying that's that's what the types of leaders that you need if you want to win championships. And so though they're very important. And, and even the ones that aren't leading from the floor, if they're leading from the bench, that's just as important. The, the bench is so important to the success of a team. And you need someone to be a leader on the bench as well. So those pieces are, are gigantic. To, to have signings that you're confident in and those role players is great. And Avery, it is interesting when you see someone who, who is as dominant as Overwater could be at times in U sports. Again, just to have that explosive piece that can come off the bench, just to add on what Kira was saying, just another solid addition for the Stingers. No, of course, it's very important to have someone like Zach back in the roster again. Of course, someone like Zach who knows the Canadian game, who knows what the CEBL is like. You want to have guys who know what the league is going to be like in years two, three, and four. So Zach brings a bug roll to his team on the bench or when he's on the floor, either way. Zach Overwater played his U Sports ball at Lethbridge, and there's another tie-in with Edmonton at, and Lethbridge. And we're going to tell you about in the final segment of the Starting Rotation podcast, an Edmonton Stingers-based podcast and the CEBL. 
The CEBL online store has all of your favorite team's merch. Rep your favorite team with official fan gear from New Era at cebl.ca slash shop. Shop online for New Era jerseys, hats, shirts, scarves, and more. Visit cebl.ca slash shop today. Welcome back to the Starting Rotation Podcast, based in Edmonton, revolving around the Edmonton Stingers basketball team and the CEBL. We were just chatting about the signing of Zach Overarder in that last segment. And Jason, there's also a few other signings wanted to bring up that the Stingers had, most notably uh, Brody Clark, which is a name familiar to most Edmonton-based basketball fans. We're obviously really familiar with him, uh, with his story career that he had at the U of A, and he was part of the CEBL uh, U Sports trap last year, and he came in and you know made a big impact on our on our team and and across the league, and we were really excited to see what he's been able to do with the Bears this coming uh, season. But he obviously we have talked about it before, but with his uh, foot injury, but you know he, he was able to come back uh, near the end of the year and, and have a real strong end of the season and help lead his team to nationals. And Brody's a guy that oozes character and he works extremely hard on and off the court. We really feel like he's going to take that experience that he had with us last year and and grow from that and be a bigger part of our team this year. You know, he's he's a guy that from offensive rebounds perspective and just rebounding in general. I mean, he's a he's an absolute beast on the boards, and you know, he's a guy that um, can stretch the floor and and he can shoot the three, and you know, he's physical and you know, he's he's a guy that just brings that blue collar effort game in and game out, and we're really excited. And it's nice to see because he's a guy that, you know, had a really stellar career at the University of Alberta, and now he's able to continue on uh, as a pro here in Edmonton. And, you know, he's made Edmonton his second home. And Brody wasn't the only signing that these Stingers announced. No, we re-signed Adika Peter McNeely. You know, he, he's a guy that came in last year. He's a pro's pro, plays any type of role you want him to play. And, I mean, he started games for us. He came off the bench. He actually enjoyed coming off the bench. You know, he averaged 12 points a, a game. You know, he's a guy that can shoot the ball really well and he can, you know, facilitate. He's a real core guy, a real glue guy that, you know, Jermaine's familiar with during his time at Ryerson. Maybe not necessarily familiar with people here in Edmonton, but, you know, he's he was a big part of our team last year and, and one of the leaders uh, on and off the court. So we're excited to have him back. And, and then we signed Ambi Diawara, who, you know, won a national championship with the Calgary Dinos in uh, 2018 and then led the Dinos back to the national championship 2019 uh, before he went pro. Lost to Carlton um, in his final season. But I was in Halifax for the final eight tournament where Calgary won. And Mambi actually scored the game-winning bucket over Ryerson. That's a huge moment for me being able to cover that tournament over my career. And, you know, I look at that particular moment and it's um, when you look at Carleton's dominance in this country at university basketball and to have a, a team like Calgary win their first national championship and how they did it, you know, it's, it's going to go down as one of the highlights in, in that tournament's history. So that play was, uh, you know, a pretty spectacular. And I mean, He's going to have that to remember for his whole career. When I look at Mamby, he's a guy that, you know, he can play a bit of point guard. He plays more uh, shooting guard, but he is a big game player. The bigger the game, the bigger he comes through. You know, you want guys like that. When 
when you really need to lean on guys to step up in big moments and big games, you need to look on that bench and find that guy. And, and Mamby is that guy. He, he relishes that opportunity and he's done it all his, his whole career. And he's going to come in and, and be a big part of this team. It's been a very busy offseason for the Stingers. And I'm sure we can't wait to see them on the hard court uh, whenever that is in the CEBL. Head coach Jermaine Small is still sticking around the Edmonton Stingers. But it was announced last month he will be the 13th head coach in Lethbridge Pronghorns history now. Uh, Kira, this Lethbridge program, they've, they've had very talented players. They've had some very talented teams. But he's jumping in there with some pretty big teams around him in Edmonton and Calgary. He has, he basically, that's, there, there's no big fish small pond for Coach Small here. He's jumping in there with the big boys. I think that Coach Small has enough experience, not only at the university level, but the pro level now, that, that, that wouldn't seem that daunting to him. You know, I think that his confidence as a coach is pretty high because he has the experience and, and knows what he's doing. So I'm really excited to see what he does with the Lethbridge program. And I think he's the perfect guy for the job. Avery, you follow U Sports and you follow the CEBL both quite closely. Although he'll be coaching two teams, this is a great opportunity for Coach Small, isn't it? Oh, it really is. You know, Lethbridge, your team last year, they went 500 at 10 and 10. But you know what? I feel he's the kind of coach he can build from that and get Lethbridge, like you was saying, to competing with the Albertas and the Calgary's. And this is a guy who, remember, he came from, he came from U Sports. He came from coaching on East and Queens. He's very familiar with the U Sports game. Mm-hmm. So I want to see what Jermaine can do to turn Lethbridge into a real contender in Canada and nationally as well. I'm also excited to see the Eastern style basketball being played with the Western athletes because the last time we had uh, Coach Small on the podcast, we talked about how out East and, and out West play differently and, and the West, it's the, it's the Alberta beef. So I'm excited to see his style of coaching over the Alberta style athlete that he's going to have under him. So I'm really excited to see what he does with that as well. You know, and Lethbridge has always been able to recruit really well locally. But I think with Jermaine coming in there, his connections out east and, and in Ontario specifically, I think he will be able to recruit some guys from that area. You know, I'm sure he'll bring in the right guys that will mesh in and, and mix in well with the core guys and the guys that are, you know, part of that Lethbridge basketball culture. And and, and that culture runs deep in Lethbridge. Every team that, like, I ever played against from Raymond or a couple other southern places like that, they all have a very similar style to their their play. And then even doing the men's ACAC, the Lethbridge team, it's the exact same thing. And so, like, that style of play is deep in the south. And so it's it's... It'll be exciting. I really do think that he's going to fit really well in that program. Yeah, and I look at Lethbridge in the last few years. They've been on that cusp. They've pushed teams like Alberta and Calgary and teams like that. And I think he doesn't have to come in and tear that program apart and start fresh. He's got a core group of guys that are there and they're hungry and they're, they want to they wanna get over that hump. They want to beat Alberta. They want to you know, beat Calgary. And um, if he can, in that first year, just bring in a, um, some mix of guys and, you know, get some strong recruits in his first year, I mean, he might already start to see some success in year one. For sure. Well, he'll be sticking around as head coach for the Edmonton Stingers for the 2020 season. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Starting Rotation podcast. I want to give a shout out to producer Zach, who's putting this all together and making us sound uh, so much smarter than we truly are. Uh, I want to 
give everyone a peek behind the curtain right now. We're doing this over Zoom. We're all trying to get used to this. Uh, Jason Hills is the bravest one out of all four of us because he's the only one that actually went on camera for this. So Jason, you are a brave man. You did it with the pink hair about two months ago. And you're doing it again with the camera. Thank you for being brave. I want to give a special shout out to all the healthcare professionals that are keeping us all safe right now. If there's any of you listening right now, thank you so much. We hope to see you at a Stingers game uh, whenever the season does get rolling. On behalf of all of my tremendous co-hosts, Jason Hills, Kira Lyons, Avery Lewis-McDougall, my name is Mark Majot. You've been listening to the Starting Rotation Podcast.